Welcome to the A&A Podcast, the Catch-All Christian Podcast where we talk about Jesus, apologetics, theology, and more. We hope to provide a biblical perspective on issues facing young adults today and pray our conversations would draw you closer to the heart of Jesus through each episode. Welcome to the A&A Podcast. to the ANA podcast. I'm Ashley and today I'm joined with a furry friend. <laughs> this is Eddie. Say hi. Anyway, we're dog sitting right now. So he I guess is just maybe gonna stare at me the whole time that I record, but it's fine. Um enjoy him in the background. He's a really good boy. Um look at him. Hi Edward. Are you a good boy? Anyway, he's really into apologetics, as you can see. Um, (laughs) So anyway, back to this. I'm going to be covering 2 Samuel. I'm not sure if I'm going to divide this into two parts or not. If you see part one on this video, then you'll know I divided it into two parts. It's going to be kind of long. This is kind of going to be more of like a story like format kind of like um, 1 Samuel was. I think that there's so many intricate details that are important to mention that I think this might be a good way to go about about this. Um, also, thank you for being patient with me as I get this episode out. I was battling a little bit of a fall sickness. You know how it is. I got all the, it's like the first year teacher bugs, you know, that everyone, got, everyone gets. So anyway, thank you for that. I'm excited to be back and jump into 2 Samuel. So um, before we get started, I guess I should put a warning or disclaimer. There's some pretty adult themes talked about um, in this episode. And again, like we've talked about before, God doesn't shy away from the hard things. And so um, I'm going to talk about those things as well so authorship uh as mentioned first sam in the first samuel part one video jewish tradition holds nathan and gad being the authors of second samuel but there's some um debate about that some think that it was a later prophet who penned it um utilizing source material from samuel nathan and gad um just like last time i'll link some uh sources in the description so you can check it out if you're a little bit interested um in hearing more about that so an overview or I guess it's more of an overview. It's like story time of 2 Samuel. So 2 Samuel picks off picks up right um, where 1 Samuel cuts off, which is the death of Saul. Um, 2 Samuel pretty much solely focuses on David and his reign over Israel. Um, 2 Samuel 1 begins with David uh, as David catches wind of the death of Saul and his best friend, um, Jonathan which is Saul's son and he laments and cries out to God because not only has the king of Israel died his best friend in the whole world Jonathan has died um soon after he's anointed king over Israel um however there's some tea that happens because one of Saul's sons Ishbosheth, uh is crowned king by Saul's army even though God has told David that he's going to be king and so Ishbosheth reigns for actually two years but the people didn't follow him instead they followed David so Ishbosheth was the actual king, but they were following David. But God said that David would be king, so it's a mess. It's a mess going on. Um, bless you. That was a dog sneeze. Anyway, um, there's fighting between the two camps. The side of you got some allergies or what? Sorry. Um, <laughs> there's fighting between the camp of the side of Ishbosheth and then David's side, but Ishbosheth continues. 
sorry, we're having issues today, I guess. Ishbosheth's side is continuing to grow weaker while David's is continuing to grow stronger. And finally, some things happen and Ishbosheth is killed. At that time, David reigns um, from Hebron for about seven and a half years. And he basically moves the capital to, to Jerusalem and reigns 33 and a half more years. David and his military continue to conquer land and win battles, including the Philistines. There's kind of a funny story in chapter 6 where the ark gets moved <laughs> to Jerusalem and David is dancing like hardcore out of joy. Um, the Bible says that one of David's wives, uh, Michael, sees him dancing and, quote, she despised him in her heart. <laughs> she didn't really like the dancing. Um, she confronts him about it and basically is like, dude, what I just saw is foul wool. You were an embarrassment to yourself in this kingdom. And David's like, oh, you think it, that's bad? Well, from now on, I'll just be even more undignified with praising the Lord. You haven't seen anything yet. Um, because of this, Michael doesn't have any children all her life. God closes her womb because she's bitter at her husband. And so I just think that is so funny that she was like, I am literally so embarrassed about my husband and his dance moves that I'm so bitter about it. Anyway, um, the Bible is full of so many funny stories with wives. And I think like, I don't know. It's just funny that that is included. And David is like so overjoyed that he's just dancing like an idiot. I love that. So if any Christians ever say dancing is wrong, point back to 2 Samuel chapter 6. So since the ark is in Jerusalem and David is just chilling there, he wants to build a permanent temple to hold the ark. However, God says that he won't be the one to build the temple there. Rather, he'll be he'll have a son who will build the temple. So God calls tells David that during David's reign, there will be peace and prosperity throughout the land because he's faithful to God. God also tells David that he will establish David's line forever. Um, we get this really beautiful set of verses where David just pours out his praises uh, to God and basically he he cannot believe the love and mercy that God has given to him um, despite uh, himself. So let me turn to 2 Samuel chapter 7. And I just want to kind of read these verses, 18 through 21. So this says, um, it's a prayer of David. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, O sovereign Lord, that, and what is my family, that you have brought me this far? And as if this were not enough in your sight, O sovereign Lord, you have also spoken about the future of this house and your servant. Is this your usual way of way of dealing with man, O sovereign Lord? What more can David say to you? For you know your servant, O sovereign Lord. For the sake of your word and according to your will, you have done this great thing and made it known to your servant. How great are you, O sovereign Lord? There is no one like you, and there is no God but you, as we have heard with our own ears. And one, and who is like your people, Israel, the one nation on earth that God went out to redeem as people for himself and to make him a nation for himself and to perform great and awesome wonders by driving out nations and their gods from before your people whom you have redeemed from Egypt. You have established your people Israel as your very own forever and you, O Lord, have become their God. And now, Lord God, keep forever the promise you have made concerning your servant and his house. Do as you promise, so that your name will be great forever. Then men will say, The Lord Almighty is God over Israel, and the house of your servant David will be established before you. O Lord Almighty God of Israel, you have revealed this to your servant, saying, I will build a house for you. So your servant has found courage to offer you this prayer. O sovereign Lord, you are God. Your words are trustworthy, and you have promised these good things to your servant. Now be pleased to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue forever in your sight. For you, O sovereign Lord, have spoken. 
and with your blessing the house of your servant will be blessed forever so this is just in response to god telling david that his his uh lineage will be established forever um so yeah, so can, uh, David continues to win over the surrounding nations uh, and the story just kind of progresses. So he's winning military battles. He is devoted to the Lord. Um, he's a man after God's own heart. Then we come to a point where David finds out about a son of Jonathan. So back when Ishbosheth was killed, Saul, Jonathan, and another son had already been killed. Um, Jonathan had a five-year-old son, uh, Mephibosheth, who was lame in the feet, and then he was actually being taken care of by a nurse. Um, and when all this like killing was happening, she picked him up and was fleeing with him, but she falls and he gets crippled even further. Um, I think also, this is a side note, in the last video I might have said that Saul's line was completely wiped out, and that was not true. Um, he still had this, uh, this uh, Jonathan's son, who was alive. So anyway, um, flash forward to chapter nine and David catches wind that Mephibosheth is alive. Um, he wants to show kindness to anyone left in Saul's line for the sake of his friend, Jonathan. Mephibosheth, I can't say that name. Mephibosheth was brought into the presence of David and David tells him to not be afraid. For Mephibosheth, I'm going to say it wrong the whole time, for Mephibosheth, he was going into the presence of the man who opposed his uncle, the man that his grandfather became enemies with. So this man had reason to be um, fearful that he would be killed by David. Um, yet David yearns to show him kindness. We get this beautiful exchange that I'll read um, in 9, 6 through 13. This says, When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, your servant, he replied. Do not be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, Your servant will do whatever, my lord, whatever my lord the king has commanded his servants to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah, and all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table and he was crippled in both feet. Um, so basically, David lavishes, lavishes these riches onto Mephibosheth. Um, the story is actually a really cool picture of uh, what Jesus does for us. Um, I'll come back to that later, though. It's really an amazing picture. Some time passes and some military things take place. David continues to be a man after God's own heart until he sins really badly. Um, now comes a story that you're probably pretty familiar with, David and Bathsheba. Um, David's up to up one day on his roof, and he sees a woman bathing on another roof. The washing she was doing was part of a ritualistic cleaning that women did each month after their um, periods, and this was done around days 12 through 14 of a woman's cycle, which is about seven days post-bleeding. Well, um, if you're not very familiar with human women, <laughs> um, what exactly happens around that time is ovulation, um, which is when women are fertile. So 
I won't get into the birds and the bees for you, but I'll let you uh, put two and two together with what happens next. So regardless, this lady is bathing on a roof. David doesn't bounce his eyes like he probably should, and he asks around to see who she is. He finds out that she's a married woman named Bathsheba, and he has her come to him. Well, the two of them get down and dirty, and guess what? She becomes pregnant because guess what time of the month it is. Um, it's almost like it makes sense. It's weird how that happened. Uh, some believe this situation is one where Bathsheba is raped because of the power difference between David and Bathsheba. Um, Bathsheba really wouldn't be able to say no to David because if the king tells you to come to him, you come to him. You don't have a choice. However, I'm not 100% convinced this is the case, but regardless, sexual immorality is taking place. Um, adultery is taking place. So there's that. Um, Bathsheba comes to David then and is like, uh, I'm pregnant. And he flips out um, and things start to spiral there and the story gets really messy. So Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, is one of David's soldiers. And during this time, when all this is happening, Uriah has been out fighting. So he hasn't been home during any of this time. Um so basically there's this dear john situation going on um where his wife is back here having an affair uh and he's out to war so anyway um david tries to problem shoot and is like oh i'll just get uriah to come home and tell him he should really go home put his feet up and get busy with his wife you know um well uriah won't go home and relax while his men are out fighting so david tries to solve the problem again he's like okay i'll get uriah really drunk and then he'll surely go home and get busy with his wife this will totally work um it doesn't work because uriah ends up sleeping outside so he gets drunk and sleeps outside um finally david just declares that he's tried hard enough and there's only one option left david would command uh, the leader of the army to put Uriah on the front lines when they go out to fight and have the rest of the military retreat. This would leave Uriah out in the open with no one to help him, which would kill him. Yeah. Um, well, this plan works and Uriah dies. Bathsheba hears her husband is dead and she enters into a mourning period, which is about seven days. Um, and then directly after that, David marries her, which is totally not suspicious, suspicious at all that he marries um, this lady right after her husband died. And for obvious reasons, God is very upset at David because he committed adultery, if not rape, and murdered a righteous man, um, stole another man's wife, is like being dece deceptive um, to his people, and trying to hide it from God. So God sends Nathan to David, and Nathan tells him a story that's basically like there's a rich guy who had everything, and this poor man who had nothing but a sheep that he loves. Um, a traveler came to the rich man, and the rich man takes the poor man's one sheep, and... Um, to prepare for the traveler so he takes one sheep to kill and have the traveler eat um while overlooking all of his sheep that he already has um david's like that is literally so terrible i can't even imagine someone doing that whoever did that deserves to die um one second i have to let the dog move okay i'm back so anyway david is like that is just so awful he deserves to die and nathan um breaks the news and he's like yeah, David, it's actually, I'm actually talking about you. You're the one who stole this man's sheep that he loved, which is Bathsheba, and took her as your own, even though you have everything in your disposal. Um, though Nathan goes off on David, God anointed the, him king over Israel and blesses and blesses and blesses him. Through Nathan, God basically goes off on David. Um, God anointed him king over Israel and blesses and blesses and blesses him, yet he turned from God in this grievous, grievous way. God says what David did with another man's 
wives will happen in David's house. David breaks down and is like, oh my gosh, I've sinned. Um, Nathan tells David he's been forgiven, but there will be massive, massive consequences, including the death of the son that Bathsheba bore him. Peace will never be restored to his house, and his sin will be publicly shamed in the future. Immediately after this happens, David's son becomes ill. Um, David pleads with the Lord. Uh, David is just distraught as his son is ill. He won't leave the floor. He won't eat. He won't drink. But sadly, David's son dies. When this happen, when this happens um, and David gets word, he gets up and carries on. Basically, his servants were like, your son literally just died. Why is he acting like, like this? Like, literal death just happened and he tells them that while his son was still alive he wept and mourned and pleaded but his son is dead now and there's nothing more to do um this is a big thing and sometimes people bring up oh god killed an innocent baby how could you worship god um when he killed an innocent baby but david in the psalms talks about um how he will he has faith that he'll see this baby again in heaven and i have no doubt that when this happened, God God took this little baby and the baby immediately entered into the presence of God. And so when these innocent people are caught in the crossfire of sin, I have no question in my mind that God is faithful and just and more caring and loving than we can even imagine. And so this little baby died because of the sin, sins of his father. Um, yet God is merciful and kind and gracious and I know that baby is in heaven. I have no doubts in my mind. Anyway, back to the story. So David comforts Bathsheba and he ends up bearing uh, another son named Solomon. Hmm, you know about him? We'll talk more about him in the future. Uh, some time passes and this is when stuff starts hitting the fan. So I think maybe right here is where I'm going to stop this video because things start hitting the fan really quickly after this point. Um, and so I think this might be a good place to end off. Anyway, um, next week's episode, we're going to have quite the quite the story to tell so in the meantime thank you for watching this video please like comment and subscribe if you feel so inclined and i'll talk at you next week thanks for listening to this week's episode of the a and a podcast Please consider leaving a like and a comment on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts so others can find our show and get connected to Jesus. You can stay connected with us both on Instagram and YouTube at AAPod2022. Again, that's at AAPod2022. Have any topics you'd like here discussed or questions you'd like answered? DM us on Instagram. Business inquiries can be emailed to us at AAPod. 22 at gmail.com again that's a and a pod 22 at gmail.com may the lord strengthen and bless you today and always